0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Silk and Steel Podcast. I am your host, Carl Tsar. Today, we will resume China history chronologically with JJ. Welcome back to the show, JJ.
1: Hey, Carl. Good to be back.
0: Okay, so a lot have happened uh, since we talked last time. How are you, man, first of all? Oh,
1: good. It's spring, finally, in Alberta. Right, all the snow has melted like last weekend.
0: Oh yeah, you're in Canada. <clears throat> so I a lot ha- happened on my side as well cuz um I went to Japan and came back and and then uh my uh we have actually we had a very scary situation where my son went into seizure. He had a wow. um, yeah, he had, uh, he had fever. He suddenly had fever, but in the morning, the fever wasn't high. So we thought, okay, we're going to go to the doctor in the afternoon uh, because in Indonesia, the doctors usually open their office <clears throat> in the afternoon. So we were going to go at 6 o'clock. But by 4 o'clock, suddenly, you know, his fever I mean, turned I mean, high. In the, in the evening. Yes, in the evening. And then <clears throat> suddenly... By afternoon, four o'clock, his fever turned high and he became unconscious. Like his eyes was open, but he was not moving. And Mm -hmm. we're calling him. He's not responding. And then my wife picked him up and he started to um, uh, his body start convulsing and the clear liquid was coming out from his mouth. Um, And he's still not responsive. Oh, my God. I was so scared. You know, me and my wife. We thought we might be losing him. Um I, I was going mad. And thankfully, we are at a friend's house. And my friend told me he's like, Look, Carl, you are in, in no you are in no condition to drive right now. So let me take over. So he took me and my wife uh on his motorbike and he waved on a taxi and they went to the closest clinic, which happened to be just like a few blocks away. And the doctor uh, gave him a injection to lower down the fever, uh, and that's when I googled, you know, you know what happened to baby with seizure. So apparently, this happens when baby have high seizure, uh, high mm-hmm. fever, and uh, and it's uh, most of the time it's harmless once the fever recedes. Um, but you know, the the doctor still told us, okay, we we'll, we'll lower the temperature. You have to go back and to observe if uh symptoms come back you need to go to the hospital so uh the next day um we took him home by the next by he seemed fine in the morning but uh by by evening the fever returned and he seemed very weak we took him to the hospital right away and this time they took a blood sample and he had typhoid oh and yeah and it's unfortunately because uh the typhoid is still very prevalent in like um, in a lot of the <clears throat> developing countries with uh, poor sanitation, uh, I looked up the typhoid is uh, prevalent in countries like India, Indonesia. We're in Bali, so um, you know typhoid is still a problem because it's 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 going around by bacteria. Uh, that's contained in uh, the infected person's feces. And sometimes they contaminate the water. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think my son picked it up in Japan because Japan is super clean. So he must have somehow got infected when we came back uh, because little kids, you know, they play on the ground and they touch everything. And then and... anyway, so...
1: Are right... small children more resistant or more resilient in the face of typhoid uh, infection than adults? They're
0: more susceptible. A uh, lot of the cases here are small children getting coming down with typhoid. And you know, the you need treatment right away. Um, and one of the pro, one of the main thing about typhoid is, is after you um, you know, you basically treat it with antibiotics, it's because it's bacteria caused. but now because uh, you know after antibiotics have been used for decades to, to trade typhoid, some strain of typhoid develop, uh, you know, resistance. That's one problem. And another problem is that um, the typhoid it attacks your gut, your gut lining. So your, your, your intestine lining become very weak. And so you cannot eat solid food. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. luckily, my mom was a nurse, she told me right away, she's like, one of the danger of typhoid is when you eat solid food you will perforate your intestine intestine linings and that become fatal that's that's when it became fatal so we have to be very careful with his diet right now um oh, even yeah yeah only liquefied diet uh now he's so tired of kanji. We, we try to feed him porridge all this <laughs> for the past week now he's sick and tired of porridge and I'm my wife is
1: it's put I wonder if that uh what I don't know what it's called in uh, it's a sh- dried shredded beef or pork or chicken. The, the zhou song. Oh in Chinese. Yeah, I, yeah. I would uh like I was resistant to eating kanji as a kid too, until um, um, unless I put that in there. Right? It's, now, yeah. it's, it's kind of solid, but it's very soft. And if you mix it in with the kanji, I don't know if it's I don't know if it'll count as soft enough. Yeah,
0: we have been mixing it with uh, miso soup because he loves miso soup. We discovered this while in Japan, he loves miso soup. So now we're just going to try to make very, very soft rice, but not quite congee and mix it with miso soup and chicken soup. Okay. Um, yeah, we just have to be careful with it for a- another month. Before he's out of the woods, uh, but right now he's um, he's uh, you know he has no more fever. He's running around. His mood recovers, so it's all good. I was so happy to see him back to his uh, annoying little self.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> because the, uh, the stomach lining susceptibilities could be- go away in about a month, roughly. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the the bacteria can
0: actually stay in your gut for a whole month. Uh, that's what my mom told me, and so that's why like for for entire month you have to be very very careful with your diet you know like Mm -hmm. just liquidy as possible Mm -hmm. and and only after a month you can like resume normal solid food diet so yeah yeah, so i'm glad that was over and then immediately after that my twitter account got hacked (laughs) my my Twitter ha- account was a hundred thirty thousand followers, and j- just before, uh, just one week before, I talked to my wife into buying me a Twitter Blue. Uh, but after we paid, I don't know why. Maybe because she used her uh, Shopee account. Uh, maybe because we're paying from Indonesia. It took a whole week, um, f- you know, for the Twitter to review our account. So guess what? After my account got hacked. Um, they verify my blue status. They give me a blue check after the tw- my co- account was hacked. so I keep on pinging the twitter um so what happened was I received a email uh saying somebody accessed my Twitter on an iPhone in Istanbul, uh, and I need to change my password. So I I panic, I immediately click on the link. um, And of course it turned out to be a phishing link. And after I put in my password, (laughs) that's how my account got hijacked. And the hacker, yeah, the hacker immediately changed the email address associated with my account. Um, So I, I, I can no longer access it. I immediately file a ticket with Twitter support but it's been 4 days they have not responded to me other than automated replies which is really frustrating and then my I, and the next thing i know the, tw- the the hacker is using my account to tweet out scam uh, you know claiming that the the UNICEF uh, program to give out very cheap MacBook Pros um and you know people asking people to dm him for information and and then then i get uh, and and fortunately, you know, on my old account, I still associated my podcast email, so I'm getting like my fo- fo- followers asking me <laughs> about the Mac Pro deal. I'm like, don't do it; that's a scam, and uh, and 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 then. My other followers have sent me a link. Uh, it's actually a report from Mashable from early March. that said this has been happening to large uh, verified Twitter account for a long time. You know, hacker just take it over and use it to tweet out this laptop uh, scam. And Twitter doesn't do anything. I, and I check there's a... There the mashable report first came out in March and there was a follow-up in the late March. And even A-listed celebrities have their um, you know have their account hijacked and Twitter just doesn't do anything for a month. So at this point I just gave up. I just created a new account. Uh, by so for people who are listening, my new Twitter account is real Carl Zah, right? It's because my Carl Zha account is being hijacked. So my new Twitter account is
1: Go ahead. It's like real Donald Trump.
0: Yeah, it's exactly. like real Donald Trump, but real Carl Zha. <laughs> All right, so that's my public announcement. Uh, now we can get back to uh, ancient Chinese history. Yeah. The skullduggery was
1: like this subtle back then. <laughs>
0: Yes. Uh, So last time we talked in the last episode, we actually we actually got cut short because we were talking about the peace was breaking out in the central among the central plain states. The powerful state of Jin and state of Chu have finally come to understanding to have a detente. And at the same time, uh, primarily because the state of Jin wanted to avoid a two-front war against their old enemy, state of Qin in the West and state of Chu in the south, and on the other hand, state of Chu is also trying to avoid two found war against the state of Jin in the north and state of Wu in the in the east um and, but at the same time, State of Jin also reached out to the state of Qin in the West to have a peace treaty with them as well. This is where we got cut off, and this is because my um my, my Zencaster account, which I used to record this podcast, um, for somehow, somehow my, my credit card was expired a while ago and I, I was not aware. So I got demoted to the peasant status. So I only have like two hours of recording time. (laughs) And, uh, and I ran, we ran over that limit. Uh, but fortunately, I solved that problem because Zencaster apparently have a, a, a partnership program for creators. So I, I immediately linked up my account to my uh, podcast account uh, on, on Podbean, the Silk and Steel podcast. And I have been publishing like a madman uh, to my podcast in the last week. So I was publishing one podcast per day. Now i Boosted my number download number to more than ten thousand download per uh in the last thirty days. So so ZenCaster immediately approved my uh, creator status. So now
1: we're <laughs> back we're back to the regular program, folks. All right.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so just to pick up from where we were last time, uh, <clears throat> before the state of Jin and state of Chu day there's actually a flurry of diplomatic activities, um. State of Jin wanted to um uh, also stabilize its eastern frank, flank. We talk about how State of Jin have laid a smackdown on the State of Qi for he- challenging its hegemony in the north. Uh but then they wanted to they don't want State of Qi to lean to a state of Chu again, so they wanted to bribe the state of Qi back into the state of Jin's sphere influence. So after laying out the smackdown in the Battle of An, they they decide to uh, give it a carrot. Um, to, so so after the Battle of uh, An, where they defeated State of Qi, they forced State of Qi to give up all the lands State of Qi has occupied of its neighboring states, State of Lu and State of Wei. But now, state of Jin changed its mind. It it send its send the envoy. Uh, Fang Wenzi. Fang Wenzi is a son of the former uh Jin commander in chief Si Hui. As uh, so I talked about before. Um, uh, you know, like there's many families that control the Jin uh politics. And Si Hui is a commander in chief that he voluntarily gave up his uh, top spot to his second-in-command, Shi Ke, because he knows Shi Ke had a vendetta against state of Qi, and he didn't want to stand in the way. But in return, his own son was promoted among the minister rank. And... uh, and because Sihui, he received a thief at a place called Fan. So his family start to take up Fan as their new family name, surname. And his son um has a very difficult name, uh, like a like a very. I. So I'm going to instead to refer to his son by his son's temple name. So back. Back in those days, you know, a Chinese noble have three names. You know, you have your given name, uh, given by your to, your to you by your parents. You have a style name which you choose for yourself, and then you have a temple name which is given to you after you die. You know, it's also your posterity to judge your own actions. Um, and and um, the son of Sihui, he has a temple name of Wen, which actually is very good temple name. Wen means sage or scholarly. So he's all often uh, referred to as Fan Wenzi. Fan being the f- his uh, name of his fief. Wen is uh, his temple name. Zi is like uh, kind of like uh, honorary titles. So like uh, like Confucius is called Kongzi, right? So it's like master... Kongzi is like master Kong. Right? So Fan Wenzi, it's a lot easier for me to pronounce. So I'm going to go with that name. So anyway, Fan Wenzi was sent to... Uh, by state of Jin to state of lu demanding the state of lu to return the the former land uh, the, the 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 land of wen tian that state of qi had to give it up to them so the land of wen tian was formerly land territory of state of lu uh, state of qi conquered it But after State of Jin defeated State of Qi, they forced State of Qi to cough up the their occupied uh, Lu territory back to Lu. But now State of Jin wants State of Lu to give up that land again to the State of Qi. So State of Lu Prime Minister Ji Sun Xinfu was very angry. He said um, he cited the Book of Songs, which is a a collection of poetry in the Zhou Dynasty. He said, you know, in the Book of Songs, it says. You know the woman is not at fault. The man is at fault because the man has been, uh, had been inconsistent in his behavior. He did not live up to his former promise. It's a song. It's a poem about a divorce, right? But but he's comparing the state of Lu as a woman and the state of Jin as a man. He said, "Look, look. You know, to be a hegemon, you gotta." have a certain principle, so some certain rules to live by, you know, to set an example for its vassals. You know, how can you, uh Huentian is our land. You know, you you took it back um, for us during the last battle, but now, now why do you make us to give it back? You know, this is, uh, this is how you lose your support. But still, State of Lu didn't have any choice, so they have to give up that land to the State of Qi, And and then the the Duke of Lu uh, visited the Jin court to pay homage. And during the during his time in the Jin court, the Duke of Jin apparently disrespected him. So Duke of Lu, being a very young, a young man and headstrong, strong, he he wanted to switch allegiance to the state of Chu. So this is just a couple of years before the state of Jin and state of Chu had the detente. And at this point, the prime minister of Lu Sun Xinfu, he said, uh, you know, state of Jin is a powerful state and it's locked. They, they're right now, they um, they have very capable ministers and they're very, they're much closer to our territory than state of Chu ever was. Uh, and on top of that, um, there was a saying, yi <laughs> Um, he's saying even State of Chu is a very large state and very powerful. They're not. They're not our people. <laughs> how can we trust them? This is a famous saying uh, that dates from uh, from him. Uh, which literally means uh, it's not our kind. There, you know, the, how can the heart be the same? Um, which at this point it, it may have. There might be a, a different interpretation of what it means at this point. For Zhu, because Zhu in Chinese means clan, originally means clan means family, and but later it w- it got expanded to cover uh, ethnicity, you know, uh, n- a nation. Um, and but it's it's not super clear what Ji sun xin Fu meant at this point because at the same time, uh, state of Lu and state of Jin they both the royal, the ruling family, both derive from the Zhou royal house, so they're literally same family. And but on the other hand, state of Chu is kind of alien culture compared to the Central Plain cultures. So they are the other; they are different. Uh, but anyway, that but that that, that saying, um, you know, enter into the Chinese selection from this time: Um and and so State of Lu stayed inside the Jin led alliance and then State of Jin sent uh uh Wenzi again to State of Lu um demanding State of Lu to join the Jin led alliance to attack a small state of Tan on its southern border now the reason the Jin state want to attack State of Tan is because um State of Jin had been waging a proxy war against State of Chu by propping up the newly upstart State of Wu in the east. But this strategy was highly successful. So the uh, State of Wu is now expanding north to near Sandong Peninsula and it subjugated the small State of Tan, which, of, which was a former vassal state to the State of Lu. So State of Lu didn't want to attack, and by extension, because they're vassal state to the state of Lu, by extension, they're also vassal state to state of Jin, the hegemon. So um, even though state of Jin and state of Wu are allies against state of Chu, but they still don't like their tiny vassal states to go to the the others. So state of Jin uh, led Alliance army to attack state of Tan, and they demand state of Lu to contribute uh, an army and the duke of lu didn't want to do it and he so he tried to bribe the jin general fang wenzi to not not to do it (laughs) to not to invade state of Tan. and fang wenzi issued a sharp sharp rebuke he said this is the will of my ruler uh you know it cannot be changed i'm here to implement his his command and no amount of your bribe is going to influence that decision and if the state of Lu do not contribute troops or if you you guys are late we will remember this and you you will no longer have the backing of the state of you can no longer count on state of Jin as your allies uh, so again state of Lu bended under this uh under this threat and next to state of Lu is a state of Jui. Uh, state of Jui is actually the third largest state in the east you know um it's only s- smaller to to state of Qi and state of Lu and state of Ju itself. As I mentioned before, it's a bit of um, it's it's a kind of a barbarian state itself because they were natives in this region and they follow the rituals that's quite different from the Zhou dynasty, and and there are um, for the. Envoys for the central state, central plain states, to travel south, they have to go through state of Jui. So when Jim minister Wu Chen, the former state of Chu defector, when he was on the way to state of Wu to train the state of Wu soldiers in the in the art of war in chariot fighting. He passed through the state of Jui and he remarked to the ruler of state of Jui. He said, look, your, your city walls needs repairing. They're, they're, they're kind of dilapidated. It's very weak. And to that, the state of Jui ruler responded. He said, uh, you know, we, our land is among the barbarians and we're quite poor. You know, who's going to attack us? And sure enough, a few years later, the state of Chu led a northern expedition uh, to invade the state of Jui. Uh, The state of Jui actually managed to capture one of the Chu prince. And the the Chu army said, "Okay, give us give back our prince and we will promise to withdraw. But the, the people of Jui that killed the Chu prince and hang his body on the city wall. And this enraged the Chu army. So the Chu army pretty soon they they raise all three city of state and and sacked their capital Uh, and and so this this is a situation before the Jin and Chu they there was a lot of proxy wars there was, there was a lot of wars i mean the the war has been going on for three generations a lot of these uh, small states that got caught in between these two superpowers became battleground states and and you know there was a lot of um, everybody was looking forward to this peace you know to 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 have a little respite from from the incessant war that lasted almost 100 years um, so meanwhile, State the Jin wanted to um, to also have a peace treaty with State of Qin to its west. So they sent an envoy to invite the ruler, the Duke of Qin, to come to the Jin territory in a place called Ninghu, where they will swear, swear um, brotherhood and uh, sign a peace treaty. Uh, as I mentioned before, the... The the meeting between the leaders during spring autumn period. This is just like this is more serious than today, say G twenty, G seven, or whatever. Uh, It's not just a gathering of leaders. You when they meet, they actually have uh, like a hold a big ceremony where they hold animal sacrifices, and usually a, a a black bull and a white horse. And they will cut off the ear of the bull with blood still dripping from it. And the participant, they will grab the ear of the bull. Usually, the ruler of the state, they will grab the ear of the bull, and they will smear the blood on their lips. And they will swear an oath to to the heaven, and they will uphold this treaty. Right. So it's very serious business. And state of Qin have received the invitation. And they start to make way to the Jin border, but then they stop right on the bank of the Yellow River, uh, and they they proceed no further. They made no attempt to cross the river, and and <laughs> and because State of Qin essentially they don't trust the State of Jin's intentions because you know something has similar happened before. Uh, you know this people have to recall. Um, Many episodes ago, when State of Jin was ruled by the strong man Zhao Dun, he um, at the at the time Zhao Dun serving as a regent of State of Jin, he decided to send uh, his uh, colleague to State of Qin to take back the Prince Yong of Jin to come back to take the position as a new duke, and. And when the Qin army with Prince Yong arrived in the Jin territory at a place called Linghu, Zhao Dun changed his mind. He reneged on his original promise and decided to prop up an infant on the throne of State of Jin. And then he told his uh, he told his colleagues and his uh, and the Jin army. He said, "Look, when when." At the time when we invited the Qin army and Prince Yong to come to our territory, they come as our guests. But now we already have a Duke, so they're no longer guests, and then they're enemies. So let's let's uh, you know give them enemies welcome. So the Jin army ambushed the Qin army at Ninghu and dealt them a, a major defeat. So with this history, you know, it's understandable the Duke of Qin uh Fear that State of Jin is up to its old tricks, and and also State of Jin is inviting him to the same place, Ninghu, the same place the Qin army was ambushed a generation ago. So he decided to stop. Instead, he sent um, a Qin uh, nobleman as his uh, personal envoy to cross the river to meet the Duke of Jin, and at the uh, and the Duke of Jin also. Did not cross the rivers, he sent a Jim minister cross the Yellow River to meet with, uh, as his personal envoy to meet with Duke of Qin. So by proxy, they swear the oath and sign the peace treaty. Uh, at this point, uh, the Jim Minister Fang Wenzi he said, "Look, you know what's the point of this peace treaty? Neither the, the the strength of the treaties lies on the trust between the two countries. And at this point, there's there's obviously there's very little trust between the two states. So this this peace treaty is not is not worth much more than the you know whatever parchment it, it was signed on, and." and the this happened in the year 580 BC just one year before state of jin <coughs> reached a formal treaty with state of chu <coughs> and and uh, and state of jin is quite worried about the detente between state of jin and state of chu because <coughs> formerly St- state of jin was an ally with state of chu against state of jin and suddenly... If state of Chu is to have a peace treaty with state of Jin, that means state of Qin now just lost, not only lost a powerful ally, but they have to face powerful state of Jin alone by itself. So they tried to do a sneaky way to sabotage the peace process. And what they did is they start to instigating the nomadic tribes surrounding the Jin state to wage war against Jin. and um, first they, they they send an envoy to the state of Jin. He's uh, he invite the he said, you know, the state of Jin is planning to hold an expedition against a nomadic Baidi. They invite state of Jin to join in to attack Baidi tribe. Um while that's accomplished, they send their own envoy to the nomadic Baidi and they say, look, uh, we have intelligence that State Jin is planning to launch an attack on you. Uh, you need to be prepared. So the nomadic Baidi, in response, they launched a large scale invasion of the Jin territory. Yeah, they're trying to do a preemptive strike but this at the same time the Qin plot was exposed by their ally the state of Chu because state of Chu they're in the middle of the negoc- peace negotiation with state of Jin so to show their sincerity they decide to share their intelligence on the state of Qin's plot to to attack the state of Jin, uh, you know, they, they, and so the state of Jin was fully prepared for the nomadic D attack and they score a great victory. They, they, they scattered the nomadic D army and at the, and then the, the capture nomadic D chief also told the state of Jin, oh, it was a, this was all a plot by state of Jin. They told us that you guys plan to attack us first. Uh, so now, state of Jin just concluded a peace with state of Chu, uh, and and state of Qin is isolated, and and now on top of this, now they have evidence that state of Qin is trying actively sabotaging the peace. So they took all these evidences. They they went around all the central plane states to show the uh you know the the Qin the, the uh, the 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 Qin treachery, including to the Zhou Dynasty royal court of Luoyang, and and next thing you know, the uh, state of Qin, <coughs> they send um their minister Lu Xiang to the state of Qin to officially terminate the diplomatic relationship, and the state of and Lu Xiang wrote a famous diplomatic missive uh, to terminate the relationship. And in this (coughs) diplomatic missive, uh, it's known as (laughs) Lu Xiang Jue Qin Shu. It detailed all the history between the state of Qin and state of Jin. And it was so brilliantly written. uh, It was a masterful piece of political propaganda. It was so masterfully written and now <laughs> this uh, this diplomatic missive, which is, was captured in its entirety in Zuo Zhuan, became a study material for Chinese high school students uh, studying classical Chinese. You know, in the Greater China region. So whether you're in uh, mainland China, Hong Kong, or Taiwan, well, I don't know how much classical chinese they 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 study in school in taiwan anymore (laughs) but before 1990s for sure um the this is one part of the chinese curriculum in the greater china area for students to learn um to learn classical chinese so i'm gonna i'm just gonna go um uh, do the translation of its content. You know, unfortunately, translating into English will not capture a lot of poetic quality of the original prose. But you know, it is what it is. So, Lu uh, Xiang, this is this is what his diplomatic missive says. He said, you know, from our um, our former ruler, uh, he, he's going back. Four generations you know, from, uh, from the time of our former ruler Duke Shen of Jin to your former ruler Duke Mu of Qin, uh, during that time the both sides decided to form bonds of friendship and and they decided to tie the bond with marriage uh, but unfortunately, calamity descended from the heaven upon the state of Jin uh, our former ruler the Duke Wen of Jin fled in exile to the state of Qi, and our former Duke Hui came to the state of Qin. After our Duke Shen had passed away, the Duke Mu of Qin, he did not uh, forget the former bonds of friendship, so he helped our ruler Duke Hui to, to restate him on the throne of Jin. Despite this show of great friendship, Duke Mu of Qin did not persist in the friendly relationship attack us at the battle of han he's placing all the blames on the state of qin on the break between the state of qin and state of jin and what he was talking about was back in the days the uh, duke mu of qin married the daughter of uh, of duke shen of jin and when when duke shen of jin died uh, when there was a succession crisis, he sent his uh, wife's half-brother, uh, the f- the future Duke Hui of Jin, back to the Jin throne. But afterwards, there was a break in the relationship. It's because there was a time when um, the State of Jin had a famine, and they came to State of Qin looking for help. Duke Mu of Qin not only agreed to sell grains but he he sent his army to help to transport grains from State of Qin to the State of Jin capital and this was a uh, uh, but this feat was not reciprocated by State of Jin because in the following year State of Qin had a famine and they came to State of Jin asking for help but at this time State of Jin decided not to help because they thought okay this is a heaven given opportunity to weaken their neighbor state of Qin, so they decide not to send any grain at all. This angered the Duke Mu of Qin. That's why he led the attack against state of Qin. Diplomatic missive just kind of gloss over that altogether, and it says. But after that, the Duke Mu of Qin uh, was repentant for his behavior, so that's why he helped our Duke, Wen of Jin, to come back to, to the Jin state to become the new ruler. This, this is a good thing that Duke of Mu have accomplished. And our Duke, our former Duke, Wen of Jin, personally donned armor, armor. He climbs a mountain and crosses a river, overcome many difficulties to, to conquer the, the lords of the East, descendants of the former four dynasties. His count so the, the the four dynasties he's counting is a dynasty of Zhou, dynasty of Song, dynasty of Xia, and and and, and a pre-Sha dynasty, the dynasty of Yu. So dynasty of Yu is uh this is back to the ancient sage king era. It's uh before before the. Founding of. Sh- uh, go ahead. You have a question. Is this? But
1: this Yu is not the Yu the Great, right? Because that guy is.
0: No, no, no. It's not the Yu the Great. It's before Yu the Great. Uh, uh, uh the the Sage King before the the Three Sage King is Yao, Sun Yu, right? Um, Sun, preceding Yu the Great. Sun, he's um according to Chinese historiography. His his reign or his country is known as Yu. Uh, oh. It's a different character. Uh, it's a different characters. So so sometimes you know, even though most of the time Sha is acknowledged as the first dynasty, but sometimes they they uh, they go further than than Sha because they uh, the Yao the 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 state Yao rule is known as Tang and the the state that Sun rule is, is known as Yu and then then uh, Gu, Yu the Great his descendant founded the Xia dynasty mm-hmm. uh, anyway so the he's saying all the descendants of the former dynasty now all all came to pay homage to the state of Qin and this is how our lord Duke Wen of Jin repaid Duke Mu of Qin's kindness. Well, this is obviously bogus, you know, Duke, Duke Wen of Qin, Kong, you know, became the hegemon. It's obviously because State of Qin want to become the hegemon. They didn't become the hegemon. just so these, uh, these, these, uh, the, the Lords of the East will come to pay homage at the court of Qin. And, and then uh, he goes on, but the State of zen have violated the border of the the king of Zhou and our duke when let let the alliance of lords and and state of Qin to to surround the uh, the state of Zen however the nobles of state of Zen did not discuss with our ruler and and they signed a treaty you know behind our back to sign a treaty a swear oath with state of Zen all the lords hate this, and 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 plan to attack the state of Qin. However, our lord, uh, our ruler Duke Wen, he put the lords at lords at the peace. This is the reason why the the Qin army were able to peacefully return to your own country, and this is why this is our gift to the state of Qin. And unfortunately, the Duke Wen passed away. Again, the Duke Mu of Qin disrespected our new ruler. He thought our new ruler was young and easily bullied and suddenly crossed our territory, uh, cutting off our our traffic with friendly nations, uh, uh, wiping out our vassals, the state of Hua trying to distance the relationship between us and our friendly state of Zen uh, uh, trying to weak our nation you know our our Duke Shang did not and however our Duke Shang did not forget the past but how he is equally afraid our will be vanquished and this is the reason the Jin army ambushed the Qin army uh, on our territory but even so uh. You know, we're still willing to send diplomatic envoy to the state of Qin to explain our actions. However, the Duke Mu of Qin not only les- would not listen to voice of reason, rather to form alliance with the state of against us. But fortunately, the the heaven have protected us. The King Chen of Chu had died, and Duke Mu of Qin would not be have his way. And after Duke Mu of Qin and Duke Shang of Jin have passed away, the new rulers have uh, ascended to the throne. And your Duke, Duke Kang of Qin, was born from, the jin, from our Jin prince, princess. He still plotted to effect regime change in our state. This is why we have the Battle of Linghu. The, the Battle of Linghu is a battle I already covered. Yeah, uh, this is when Zhao Dun changed his mind. <laughs> I mean, this was entirely Zhao Dun's fault. But in this diplomatic missive, they blame State of Qin for a regime change attempt. Uh, but Duke, Kong of Qin would not repent and attack our our uh, state at Hechu, at the river bend. Um, this this was a, the the um, this was a the battle between State of Qin and State of Jin. Uh, that was presided over by Zhao Dun, and it, and Zhao Dun's had a sub general had a plan to trap the Qin army, but unfortunately, the Zhao Dun's younger brash cousin Zhao Chuan decided to screw everything up and allow the Qin army to retreat back across the river. This diplomatic missive basically blamed all the diplomatic breaks on the state. After our new duke, Duke Jin, have ascended to throne, he, he uh, looked towards the west and he says, okay, perhaps it's now time for peace. However, your, your, your ruler did not, not only not consider our peace proposal, but use our um, difficulty with the nomadic D attacking our territory harass our borders and this is the uh, this is the battle of you the pusi and and so there, he's listing all the battles between state of qin and state of jin and blaming it on state of qin uh, and this this is where he um then he talked about the, the 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 latest uh peace treaty and but where the state of qin have betray the spirit of peace treaty by corrupt by um luring the nomadic deed to attack the state of jin and and this is why he said he's this this is why we even the state of two could not stand the treachery of qin that's why they leaks the intelligence to us now your the this the, the deeds of qin has angered all the states you know that because all the central plain states at this point yearn for peace. Yet you are stirring up for war. So basically, this diplomatic missive wasn't really—it um, wasn't so much a, a, a statement to tem- terminate diplomatic relation rather than a declaration of war. It's listing up all the reasons why State of China is about to leash the smackdown on State of China. And at the same time, they sent, the state of Jin sent out envoy to all its allies, uh, including to, to the Zhou Royal Dynasty court. And they gathered a huge alliance, like an eight, nine state alliance army, uh, state of Qi, state of Lu. Even state of Qi and state of Lu in the East participated. State of Qi, state of Lu, state of Wei, state of Zen, uh, uh, state of Song state of Cao, um, altogether nine states, uh, total with total um army strength of 120,000, which is an unprecedented number. You know, back in the days when um, the first hegemon, Du Huan of Qi, led the alliance of central plain states against state of Chu, you know, that was unprecedented. Precedented at the thousand chariots, total of seventy-five thousand men. But now you can see that the the scale of war has (laughs) is escalating pretty quickly. Now, now we're at a at a point where they're summoning hundred twenty thousand men for war, and this is in the year five. uh, This is like six. This is like twenty. This is more than 20 years before this is more than 30 years before the founding of the Persian Empire. So I, I don't know, you know before Persian Empire, any other ancient uh, empires could summon over hundred thousand, 120,000 troops. Maybe ancient Egypt, I'm not sure. I have to look I have to look into that to that. you know, whether the ancient Assyrian Empire, could mobilize that amount of army but the state of jin they called up the alliance army of hundred twenty thousand to invade the state of qin and um and 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 state of qin of course on their side they uh they wanted to they want they they, they asked for help for from their former ally state of Chu. But state of Chu, they don't they just signed a peace treaty with state of Jin. They wanted they don't want to uh you know they don't want to go against the state treaty so they, they refused. And the state of the the State Qin they couldn't they could not count on their former ally the, the nomadic D because the nomadic D feels the state of Qin Double cross them in this uh, in this whole affair. So state of Qin was quite isolated, and they mobilized the entire Qin state uh, altogether about fifty thousand men. But the the difference was just too great. It was fifty thousand men versus hundred twenty thousand, and the the alliance army that crossed deep into the Qin territory. They approached like today. Today would be today's uh, around Xi'an area, which is like the heartland of the Qin state. And, they d- and when the two armies finally l- met, the alliance army dealt the state of Qin a crushing, a crushing blow. The cap the captured two important Qin generals, um, and the, the Qin army scattered and fled further west. Uh, but the, the alliance army, they didn't stay to occupy the Qin state because... Uh, the, the gym ministers they realized look the the, the problem with alliance armies everybody here have their own interests you know they the, the, the their best bet is to have a speedy resolution to the battle and and their main goal was to severely weaken the state of Qin which is already accomplished so they decided <coughs> Um, you know, the the mission accomplished, and they they, re, they retreated from the Qin territory. But the Qin state would be weakened for over hundred years, in uh, many generations after this, they would not be able to. Um, they they lack the strength to ever to come east for another two hundred years, and and this is another reason why the central sl- central plain states could. Safely call the state of Qin barbarians because they don't <laughs> they face no threat from state of Qin. You know, state of Qin could not reliably retaliate. Uh, you know, their their strength has been broken, and you know, state of Qin is looming to their east. Uh, a- any questions or, or comments at no, this no, point? Not at this time. This is how state of Qin were able to you know avoid two phone war and crush their traditional enemy state of qin um, but something you know the, the the peace with chu was only temporary um, you know they they the the one of the main reason for one of the battleground state between state of jin and state of chu is the state of zen and something is going to happen in the state of Zen that's going to tip the balance again. So before I have uh, talked about uh, doing the, in the state, in the, the state of Zen became a Chu vassal after, or actually just before the battle of Bi uh, between state of Jin and state of Chu. But however, because state of Zen and state of Xu both have a territorial dispute, and the state of Chu um, ruled on the side of state of Xu, and state of Zen didn't like the ruling, so they went over to state of Jin again. Uh, but however, the, the, Duke, the, the Duke of Zen that made the decision, he only ruled for two years uh, before he died, and he died without an heir, and the Zen nobles made his younger brothers a new ruler. So the the king of chu then decided to bribe the state of zen with territory you know say if you leave the jin alliance and join us we will we will grant you this uh, formerly chu territory to you to make up for your loss um so so then this uh state of zen met send their en- secretly met on the side with a state of chu envoy uh, of course state of jing was aware of this and This all happened before the state of Jin and state of Chu had their formal peace treaty. And when, this, when the Duke of Zen came to the Jin court to pay homage, the state of Jin arrested the Duke of Zen. he, he prompted a succession crisis in the state of Zen. And one of the Duke of Zen's uncles, grand said, okay, well, we, we cannot do without a ruler, uh, you know, we cannot depend on state of Jin to release our ruler. So what we should do is let's just make a new ruler, um, you know, we, this, then he, the, our Duke has many brothers, well, let's, let's just prop up a new Duke, and then uh, the, 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 the Duke that state of Jin held became worthless hostage and we will not be beholden and they ask uh, so the the nobility convene and they come to ask it, the advice for at this time a uh, uh, one of the duke's uncle who held a lot of power uh, this this uh, duke's uncle Zihan did not say anything so they went ahead then uh, to to prop up a new duke at uh, this at this point Zihan suddenly said no you this is treason you guys are are, are launching a coup, so Zihan very quickly, uh, led his own army to um, into the palace to kill the new duke, and form a new government. And this time, Zihan appointed the duke's son, the acting duke. You know, this is the politically correct thing to do. You know, their their duke is is being held host- hostage in the, in the um in the state of Jin but he's saying we're not replacing you we're making your son and heirs acting duke um so you you, your your former station is still being preserved and we're still being loyal and then state of Jin realized okay the state of Zen already have an acting duke uh there's no not much point of holding on to to the father so they release the duke of Zen and duke of Zen returned to to state of Zen uh, you know, he he launched a bunch of bunch of uh, internal purges of all those people who who um, prompted his his younger brother to be the duke before. But he held a grudge against the the state of Jin for holding him hostage, um, and state of Chu again would send more bribes to him to bribe him to um, ally more directly ally with state of Chu and and this would lead to uh, the outbreak of peace between finally outbreak of peace between state of zen of state of jin and state of chu and at this point you know state of jin already took care of their western flank they already defeated the state of chin they also felt the time is ready to finally challenge the state of Chu and to avenge their former defeat in the Battle of B. and this would lead to the next phase of war and uh, and the big big one of the last um, big battles in the Spring Autumn period between the state of Jin and state of Chu, and I think uh, we
1: can save that for the next episode. The state of Jin. Uh, is whose ally now after all these machinations. <laughs> yeah.
0: So State Zen is like the classical fence setter, right? I mean they keep on flip-flopping between the two. So now State Zen is going back to State of Two. In the after all the mechanicians bouncing around, they're going back to the state of two, which State Jin find intolerable. So they're calling right. up uh, their alliance army to attack State of Zen. And of course, State of Chu is going to march in to protect their new vassal. And mm-hmm. this will lead to the the one of the final big confrontation between the two superpower states in the mm-hmm. in the spring and autumn period. And I just wanted to point out, um, you know, a, a, a more Chinese idioms coming out from these uh from this, uh, from this period, so the the, the diplomatic missive of Du Xiang that sent, um, that that was sent to the court of Qin to terminate the the relationship between the two states it became very famous, not well read uh, even among the people in educated people in the state of Qin. Hundred years later, state of Qin is gonna copy the same style (laughs) of this missive (laughs) to to another of their one of their enemy nations the classical chinese in which it was written it was very articulate and and very well written that's why it became a kind of a, a teacher teaching text to teach chinese children classical chinese nowadays um but but it's taught in literature class, so i don't know if uh, <laughs> the, the, the literature the 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 Chinese teacher would actually go over all these uh you know all the geopolitical contexts behind this this uh, diplomatic missive uh because a lot of the 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 teaching of classical chinese uh, is emphasizing form over content. You know, it's allowed right. the Chinese children to learn the form of ch- uh, classical Chinese, so they le- learn how to read and write um, in the same it's, style.
1: How, uh, the like, pe- um, mid- upper classes in Western world used to, and to an extent still uh, learn Caesar's uh, commentary on Gallic Wars, and mostly for form. Like uh, to to learn the Latin style and so forth. Whether you actually become interested, whether you follow the minutia and all the details of Gallic campaigns of Julius Caesar is kind of beside the point. Yeah. Very, very very good analogy. Well, there are
0: actually a very um, couple of uh, uh, ch- famous Chinese idioms that came from this diplomatic missive. Um, you know, for example. Uh, uh, uh one of the famous uh, uh we we all know ba san right the, the 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 chinese chinese phrase ba san um but there is a very similar uh idiom ba lu san chuan ba lu san chuan it's it means the same thing it means uh, to to cross the mountains to cross the mountains and river on foot and, uh, and balu sancuan is a phrase that Lu Xiang used to describe former duke of wen of jin who who uh, established the hegemony of the jin state he, he you know he described him as balu sancuan you know crossing the river and the and the lakes on foot uh you know experiencing many many hardship um and and i already pointed out the uh, that that's another uh phrase that's uh that that's quite that's quite famous. Um, there, there's a couple more. I I I I'll probably save until next time because uh for the time's sake. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm uh, f- 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 next time I will I will go over uh, uh more these uh well-known Chinese. Idi- I mean, a lot of the Chinese idioms came from this. P- period, uh, spring and autumn period. Yeah, that's why I'm spend, also spending a lot of time um, on this. There's also a lot of things that are happening in the state of Lu, which I did not cover because it's kind of um, tangential to the Big narrative of the big superpower rivalry between State of Jin and State of Chu. So by the time we get to Confucius, I may have to do like a separate linear history of like just a very quick s- summary of history of State of Lu for people to catch up from like the, the the beginning to the birth of Confucius, and that will set the context for Confucius specifically within the State of Lu itself. Um, okay. Yeah any any other um any other questions uh comments
1: uh, no that should be it for now
0: okay well um thanks for thank you for listening um thank you jj uh, until next time bye bye
1: hey okay, bye bye